Hey guys, I'm Alon. And I'm David, and welcome to our podcast, I Finally Watched, where we talk about movies that at least one of us has never seen before. We discuss our thoughts on the film and determine, was it worth the wait? Does it still hold up? And would we watch it again? And for our first episode, I Finally Watched, Ex Machina. Uh, Ex Machina centers around Caleb Smith, a programmer at a huge internet company. He wins a contest, contest that enables him to spend a week at the private estate of Nathan Bateman, his firm's brilliant CEO. When he arrives, Caleb learns that he has been chosen to be the human component in a Turing test to determine the capabilities and consciousness of an AI named Ava. And I really, really like this movie, like way more than I thought I would. What, um, were, your, what were your thoughts going into it? Well, I mean, it's kind of like my thoughts when the movie first came out back in like 2015, 2016, was that I didn't really care. I think, I think one thing that led me like away from the movie was uh, my girlfriend and I like heard of it and we both thought like, oh, it's just like kind of one of those like overhyped sci-fi movies that only douchebags go to see i don't know it's just it it didn't like really spark our interest um i mean i went to see like three of the other big oscar movies that year uh, i think it was one of them was the big short um and um the uh, spotlight there we go and you know that this one just kind of didn't interest me yeah i think when i first found out about this movie at least to me from what i knew about it there's just a lot of mystery surrounding what it was about obviously you know there's a, a robot in it um but just how the movie develops that story is not something i really um was aware of until i just watched it and then you know i was blown away by it um just the overall feel of the movie uh, the way it's structured. And I, th I think this is one of those movies too, where it's kind of all about the ending. I think the whole movie is sort of playing out for that payoff at the end of it. Right. And that just, the, I think when the movie ends, you're sort of, it's one of those movies that if you're seeing with other people, you kind of just, you don't really talk for a few minutes. It's just kind of like it sinks in and you're just, you know, just kind of like blown away by it, and which is what, you know, what happened to me. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely blew me away. I mean, not just the ending, although the ending is, is really great, um, but everything from the acting to the production design to the cinematography, uh, I, thought, I thought everything was done really well and with a lot of care. Yeah, the, I think the all all those things you mentioned, the um, they kind of create the mood of the movie, just like from the lighting and you know it's kind of a it's a it's a mostly very darkly shot movie, um, mostly takes place inside, and so yeah, the way it's it's a, it's it's kind of you have this this foreboding, which is kind of what I was talking about because it it's always leading towards the ending, at least for me, and um, I think the the way it's shot and the way it's the, the way it's lit is, you know, you always have this sense of like, oh man, what's happening? How is this going to play out? Yeah, no, and what you were saying about the lighting, uh, I, 
was especially interesting to me because it didn't have that normal fluorescent uh, feel that most sci-fis do. It, it was done in such a special way that they installed like some ridiculous number of tungsten bulbs, like many little tungsten bulbs to uh, replace all the fluorescent lighting. So it purposely doesn't feel like a sci-fi movie. So you do get that kind of warmer feel, that more natural feel. And I feel like for this whole movie plays a part. I know in the movie somewhere it says between uh, the simulation versus the actual. And for this movie, I think to everything from the plot base to the lighting to the cinematography was not just simulation versus the actual, but it was nature versus machine. And I, I felt that throughout the whole movie. Well, yeah, especially like the way it was shot too, if you notice when they're outside, it's kind of a normal, it looks much more like a normal movie and they're not outside that much. But in the beginning, when um, Caleb's flying, he's taking a helicopter to uh, Nathan's estate. It just looks like a very normal, normal picture. Um, and then for the rest of most of the rest of the movie, when they're inside, yeah, that 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 lighting that I was talking about, it, it kind of it just sets a mood, and I think it it worked really well. The other thing I, I really noticed uh, was the the structure of the movie. Um, there, there's the the basic plot as we went over, um, Caleb is there to give a Turing test to Ava to see if she has human consciousness. And the structure of the movie, they set it up where they divide out each of the sessions where Caleb is communicating with Ava and trying to test her in different ways to see if, if she's human, basically. And the, the way they structured that uh, with the dividing it out that way is just, is, I, it it kind of it kind of coincides with Caleb's really methodical approach to everything. Every time every time Nathan asks him a question, he's very careful and very well thought out. And so the structure really really coincides with the protagonist who is Caleb. And that, I, I like that the the similarity there. Yeah. I, I really liked how they built Caleb to be a lot like us as the audience who comes into this space that they're unaware of what they're getting into and they expect the way things that like we expect it to to turn out I think the movie really sets up Nathan the the big genius uh, CEO of this company, they the this movie really sets him up to be this kind of wild card villain. Uh, he is kind of off the cuff sort of guy who, you know, just doesn't think the way you would think a, a super genius would think. Caleb, like you said, thinking very methodical and very careful is the way you would think that a uh, genius uh, tech company CEO would act. Uh, but Nathan is right. way, way more 
loosey-goosey, I guess. Yeah, I think that exemplified by the dance scene in the in the middle of the movie, that kind of reminiscent of like a Pulp Fiction type thing where it's, I wouldn't say out of place, but it, you know, it just comes out of nowhere and it's- It's definitely I, jarring. It's definitely jarring. I mean, he had some good moves. I, I can't deny that, but yeah, it's just out of nowhere. And it, I think it's just sort of to show that, that character that he's, it, it's almost, it's, it's sort of the other side of the coin because he, you know, he shows you his brilliance in describing how he created Ava. And, you know, there's a whole scene where he goes into that and explains to Caleb the process and what he did. Um, he takes him into the lab. But just the other side of that where you're seeing him get drunk all the time. He talks about the ability of, of the robots to have sex if they can. Um, well, you talks- get that he's a really lonely guy. I think you get a sense that they both are really lonely and that they've basically built these mechanical women to, to do whatever they want. And I guess this is a good time to start maybe getting into the plot, which if you haven't seen any of, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, then this would be the time that things might get spoiled for you. Yeah, move, move forward with caution. But I think the one thing I wanted to ask, um, Kyoko, his assistant, at any point did you have any inkling that she wasn't human? Almost right away. It, it's, <laughs> it's odd because I thought it was so obvious that they were going to address it immediately and the fact that they didn't and I was like okay well maybe she's not and then as the story goes and as you saw more of her I was like well someone is someone that we don't know is a robot is definitely a robot right well and I may be more gullible when I watch movies and sort of I don't know that I'm ever trying to figure out what's going on I just watch it and accept what people give me so I guess I'm a perfect audience for a movie with twists, but it's not something I, I guess I saw happening. But when it, I think once it does happen, if it is something you missed, you're like, ah, oh, well, obviously. How would I not know that? That makes perfect sense. <laughs> right. Well, when the power outages happen and you don't know why, and, and Caleb doesn't know why, and then you find out that Ava was causing it you can tell if you like keep a really close eye on um, her hand throughout the movie. Cause in all the beginning parts where there, there are power outages, either through the security camera or when he's standing on the other side of the glass with her, you see her hand going on the power uh, panels, shorting them out. Uh, right. You don't, you don't quite like make the connection right away. Cause you don't know. Um, but I think the movie's, foreshadowing in that sense was really well done. You know, you were saying that you're really gullible when, when watching movies. Um, yeah, that's a good qualifier I, when watching movies. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think this, this movie actually preys on people's gullibility um, and, and manipulates you in a sort of way. Because when you do see Nathan, the music changes the lighting changes you get this very eerie feeling when it comes when his character comes on screen and it's set up for you to think okay he's the bad guy he might be playing it cool he might you know 
throw an F-bomb here and there, but there's something off about him and you don't know when he's going to blow his top. Yeah, and, which, then, go ahead. and then the movie, the movie, I think you're about to say it, but then the movie just flips you. Well, no, what I was going to say is that they play with you like that, and then, but then they have Nathan come out and say, I'm on your side. Ava's playing you. I'm, I'm trying to help you out. And you're just like, nah, I don't believe you. That's no. All the evidence I've seen before this has shown that you're not to be trusted. And it, maybe it creates a little doubt in, in the audience, but you're like, no, you're, you're clearly a bad guy. You're locking these people up, these, these robots that have a consciousness and have a humanity. Um, so you can't be anything but the evil villain of this movie. I think the story does well where for people who haven't seen it yet and for the people who have, these robots are vulnerable. They're built to be vulnerable women and Caleb falls in love with Ava. Um, the, the whole reason you, you do not take the robot side is one, because you have a human who is also on her side to help convince the audience that, you know, you should be on her side. And also you, you clearly see Nathan in a, in a sexual deviant light when it comes to these robots. So everything, the plot, the lighting, the music, the storytelling really pushes you to, to really hate, hate Nathan. And I can't remember exactly which comes first, but very close in proximity, you see one, Nathan have sex with Kyoko, and two, Kyoko is confirmed to be a robot. And so those two things kind of line up with what you're saying, that he's, and he goes into great detail about the ability for the robots to feel pleasure. You know, there's a whole conversation with Kayla about the sexuality of the robots. And so... It's just, for, it's just further where he's like, where Nathan's like, yeah, I mean, sexuality is fun. Why would I not give them a sex? You know what I mean? Why? Right. And goes unsaid, why would I not make them women? Right. Well, to the, to the point even where Caleb thinks that he has programmed Ava to be attracted to him, to fall in love with him. And there, there's like an underlying plot where and I want your opinion on this too, because this is how I took it. Maybe this is not how you took it when you saw it. But one of the robots and one of the recordings he has is, and I forget, it might've even been Ava. I think it was Ava. Says, how does it feel to have built something that hates you so much? And, and it puts an idea in my mind that did he purposely build the AI to hate him to try to escape and use Caleb as a means of escape? Or is that just between after, you know, months or years of sexually abusing these robots, they grow an awareness to hate their abuser? Did he build them that way? Or did they grow to hate him that way? Well, I don't know. And I guess, I mean, I guess you could think of it too as him sexually abusing them. I don't know that we know that he sleeps with any of them but Kyoko. And 
Kyoko has a lot more freedom to roam the house. Obviously, she can't leave, probably. I don't, it doesn't seem like, it seemed like Caleb would even have trouble leaving, possibly. I mean, I think his card would, his key, they had key cards to control the house. I think that would let him out. Um, but I well, think. Well, I, I always thought, sorry to interrupt, but I always thought Kyoko was built on a lower brain level than, say, Ava. Yeah, she was almost like a sex bot. <laughs> right. She exactly. she clean she cleaned, she cooked, and then she had sex with him. You got you know, there's that scene where she starts taking you know, Caleb is just speaking to her and she starts taking her shirt off almost like, Well, it's that time of the day and this guy's talking to me, so this is probably what's Yeah, so that yeah, that totally makes sense. And um, I don't mean that all the abuse comes from sexual sexuality. I mean he you know, Kyoko spills some wine on him on Caleb accidentally. Which I also found odd that a, a robot would do anything accidentally, right? But yeah, they shouldn't make. I mean, I guess that's bad. To, really, I guess Nathan's just pissed at himself because he designed a robot that can make mistakes. But when when she did spill the wine on him, he just grilled into her. He yelled at her. I mean, if Caleb wasn't there, it wouldn't surprise me that he he would hit the robot. Um, if if they could even feel pain, I don't know, but you know, he, he locks them up behind glass for all their lives as we uh, learn from Ava's experience. And yeah, when he does, when he does go in there, he tears up the picture that she drew. So there's yeah. a lot more abuse than just sexual. I mean, yeah. And to answer your overall question, I think, I don't think he designed them to hate, to hate him. I mean, he, it, for as far as we know, he wasn't bringing in anyone until he got to Ava. I think the the models beforehand that he had created were probably just he knew he had to make changes to it before he could determine if they were if they had consciousness, you know, if they were actual AI. Um, but I think it was just from he created things that. I mean, it's it's an argument for the end of the movie that we can talk about soon after this to get to the end of the movie. But if, if they do have humanity, you've basically created something and then put it in a cage. Um, and so obviously they're going to want to be free. You know, they have, Ava has all this knowledge um, about the outside world and she wants to, she wants to pursue leaving and he won't allow it. I think that's where the hate comes from. Right. And but see, that's why that's what makes me think that he did it on purpose to build up this hate, to build up their desire to leave. And that's really where we learn the Turing test goes, is that Ava has to use Caleb and manipulate him in a way to escape. And that is like the true meaning of the Turing test um, that we find out. So that, that's why I think the hate is built in on purpose, but that's just how I took it. Well, and maybe he's, I, yeah, I don't, I guess it's, 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 it's like a nature versus nurture. Did he build her hardware or the software inputs to make her hate him? Or did he do things, you know, he's a normal a-hole, like ripping up the picture that made her hate him. Right. Um, I would, I would guess more of the, the latter where he just, you know, like, like ripping up the picture. That's, that's what, those are the things that made him, made her hate him. Would you say that his ego is his eventual downfall? Um, 
Yeah, and this is getting right into the ending. But so when when Ava, you know, attacks him, um, she gets on top of him and sort of is overpowering him, which I'm wondering, she's overpowering him, but he's able to get her off and then he's able to break her arm off and then he's able to drag her. So to me, he didn't design her as a very strong um, robot. But what I think leads me to like kind of agree with your point that he, he thought of himself that way and had this great ego is he never considered that Kyoko would, would turn on him. Um, and it's almost like he had developed uh, in his weird, mind, sick mind, he had developed kind of feelings for her because she's behind him. It's this robot who was just talking to Ava and he doesn't even pay attention to her. And then as he's dragging Ava, she just sticks a knife in him, which is the way the knife goes into him is also something I noticed is very odd. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're, I think it, cre I think it can create some sort of conspiracy theories around the movie that Nathan was a robot. That's not something I'm necessarily thinking, but he, he bled way too much to be a robot. Well, he could have designed it very well. I guess I don't right. think he was. I a said robot. I didn't I buy think... into it. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I thought the the way the knife went in was very odd. I took it that robots didn't have the hesitation we humans did, and they have at least the mechanical, not strength, but but the the mechanical um, force to just push something right through something. And uh, I, I I think his ego blinded him of actually how powerful they are. And I, th I found that to be really, really interesting as far as not only did he, because I, I, I disagree with you. I don't think he had feelings for Kyoko. I think he underestimated her so much, he didn't even think about her. Well, no, Just that's, like, what, that's, that's what I was saying. But I do also, yeah. the way he looked at her when she stabbed him, it, it could have been a look of, I can't, I can't even believe you would have done this, but it almost could have been a look of hurt too. Like, Kyoko, yeah. how could, you know. At yeah, at two, two Kyoko, how could you do this to me? <laughs> the the thing though is he underestimates her, but I think the bigger thing is he underestimates Caleb for outsmarting him. Basically, he he manipulates a camera inside the interview room and overhears Caleb's plan to make to to let Ava escape, and he stops that plan or at least so he thinks. But then the plan that Caleb said he would enact that day was actually enacted the day before. And I think Nathan just did not expect Caleb to outsmart him. Well, yeah, and he didn't necessarily have enough evidence to think that Caleb had turned that way. Although Caleb acted so weird about Ava, you know, after the first couple interviews that you would think he would you know, he, there there were several of the of the blackouts, and and Nathan would ask Caleb like, "Well, what'd you guys talk about?" He's like, "Oh, oh nothing." It's like, "Well, you obviously didn't talk about nothing," and so the fact that he was evasive, I mean, it, it led him to putting in the cameras, but you almost wonder if it should have led him to be more, uh, even more careful than that. I, I will say, you're talking about the dinner scene in in the same scene in which Kyoko spill, spills the wine. 
uh, I really, really love how that scene was shot and, and edited. I thought that was a really great scene at a, um, on a cinematic point of view. Now back to real back to the ending. I think there's from the ending. Obviously, it's like it's very beautiful. It's haunting, uh, very chilling. But I think there's a couple questions that that come out of that. Um, one, the more uh, the more just if you really bought into the movie and are really affected by it, you know, does Caleb die? But but then also. Um, that, you know, does Ava have humanity? Did she, was, did this movie prove that she had humanity? Um, and, you know, did she, and as a part of that, did she, did she care about what happened to Caleb? The, the thing that intrigues me most is, since we are take, talking about the ending, she manipulated the absolute hell out of him. Right. And on the same point, to, to push Caleb to that point, Nathan also manipulated the hell out of him. Yeah, but, and so, I think you could almost make the argument that she did show humanity, but that she's a psychopath. In that she showed the ability to manipulate, to lie, um, but then to, she to showed... Fabricate, to fabricate those feelings. But then she showed... Well, yeah, you could say the fabrication, but then showed no emotion. I thought what I found what I found interesting about the ending is at she asks Caleb to stay there, which I think is her just wanting the moment of kind of putting her human body together by herself. She didn't want him to be a part of it. Yeah, when he when she was like, "Will you stay here?" I wondered, did she mean in this room or did she mean in this house? It t- what I took it as is this was kind of her moment to put on her skin um, to to kind of create herself the way she wanted to look. And she has like a long look at her body um, and then she chooses the, the, the dress she's going to wear. But what I what I find interesting afterwards is she, when she walks out, she walks out with no hurry whatsoever. She isn't trying to keep Caleb in there to me and she isn't trying to let him out it's almost as if he's not even the thought in her head she herself is so much bigger than a puny human (laughs) which i guess makes her more does make her human is how selfish she was to only care about the one thing she wanted which was to escape the thing that i'm having trouble with is that the movie is so well thought out. And I think they, throughout the whole movie, they put in place that this happens for this, this happens for this, you know? They say something and there's a payoff somewhere afterwards. And I think the movie is so well written. Um, I mean, it, it, it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay uh, for the Academy Awards in 2016. I think the writing is so good. And you, you get to these points in the writing that you think, okay, well, do we overlook this or do we really take this thing that someone said like on face value and that's why this happens and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Because you could look at, you know, how did the helicopter pilot take her away from there at the end of the movie? You know, he was expecting Caleb, but at the same time, you know, if she's able to manipulate 
Caleb into falling in love with her, I'm pretty sure she can manipulate a helicopter pilot into thinking, no, I'm the person you should be picking up right now. Um, yeah, I'm just this cute little girl that's stuck on this island. Please, sir, help me, you know? It's not an think, island, but... Yeah, I don't think Alaska's an island. Um, it wasn't... A, okay, whatever. I just... It was internet, a vast of nature. The, the internet says Alaska. Okay, so. well, I think... I It did not say in the movie, and therefore, it is an undetermined place. You know, they don't show Ava go to the bathroom. Do you think that robots go to the bathroom the way Nathan created them? Uh, well, they didn't show... Nathan go to the bathroom. So, hmm. And the way that that knife went inside of him. So you're on my robot theory? No, not at all. Would you watch it again? I watched it twice for, for, for this recording. And usually I don't like to watch a movie twice, but I really liked watching this for the second time, especially because you do pick up on a bunch of things that you might've missed the first time. I would also venture to say that I would watch it a third time. Movie. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want you to have to make that type of commitment. So I think this I, is I a, don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think this is the type of movie that I watched this last year, um, and watching it again a couple of days ago, I still had those same feelings of when you see Caleb locked in that room at the end, banging on the door, the helplessness, uh, you know, in his eyes. I think this is the type of movie that I would watch, you know, every few years and I would still enjoy it almost as much as the first time I saw it. So it's a, it's a really excellent movie. Well, thanks for listening to our first episode of I Finally Watched Ex Machina. I'm Alon. This is David. And we're signing off.